Hello and welcome to the Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Rupert McConnick, founder and EP at Seville Productions. I'm delighted today to have Gabriel Schmidt, Global Chief Creative Officer at Grey. Welcome, Gabriel. How are you doing? Hello. I'm very well, thank you. How are you doing? Wonderful. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about your background and career before before Gray? Like where you're from, and you know, a little bit of a, a backstory on you would be wonderful, Gabriel. Yeah, of course. I'm originally from Brazil, but I lived in a couple other countries before before moving to the U.S. I was born in São Paulo. Um, lived in Colombia when I was a kid, from like five months old to five, four and a half, five years old. Then in my early teenage years, I lived for a bit in Argentina. And then when I was an adult, kind of out of nowhere, I moved to Chicago and lived there for four years. Um, and in 2016, moved to, moved to New York and have been here since. So, so which agencies were you working with before Gray? So I, I spent, before Gray, I spent 11 years at FCB. Um, four years in, at FCB Chicago, and then I quickly moved from from FCB Chicago to KBS for I don't know four months, five months, or something like that. And and like I said, in 2016, I moved to to FCB New York. Um, I would say that FCB is my is where I learned most of the things that I learned in my career uh, from an advertising point of view. Uh, in Brazil, I worked in in a bunch of different places from YNR. At that time, it was not it was not VML YNR. It was only YNR um, to some independent places that don't exist anymore. There is an interesting pattern in my in my career, especially in the first few years while I was in Brazil, where I was always um, trying to find places where I could. Yes, hone in on my craft and learn more about you know creativity and and get better at my skills as a as a as a copywriter. Um, but I also was always looking for opportunities where I could learn the the business side of things as well as a creative and and be as executive as possible within within reason and and, and based on where I was in my my, my levels and my seniority um, because I I noticed from the from pretty early in my career that if I didn't really understand the other side of things or was not well versed on the other side of things, there was so much I could do in this industry. You know, I think it doesn't matter how talented you are creatively. If you don't understand that this is a business and, and you, and you're able to, to work that side as well. um, There's a, there's the, the ceiling is lower. So I was always looking for places that could give me that as well, and and and, and put me in situations where maybe it was a little bit out of out of my out of stretch, but but where I could learn and make make some mistakes. Uh, hopefully not big mistakes, but some mistakes, and and learn the other side of things. Wonderful. So, what attracted you to Gray as an agency? You know, how does it stand out? That is the hundreds of millions of dollars question. <laughs> um, look, Gray is more than a hundred years old and has done so many iconic, uh, you know, pieces of work 
and and for all for all its 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 life, and and it's a huge huge privilege to be you know taking the realm of the creative realm on this on this company and, and leading the company with with Laura Manis, my my business partner, the global CEO. One of the biggest reasons why I joined Gray is like it's because of its tagline, it's North Star, uh, famously effective. I firmly believe in famously effective as what our whole industry should be aiming for every day. Um, I think that using creativity uh, in service of the business growth of our clients is exactly what we are doing. And I think famously effective articulates that beautifully. I don't think the industry at large and, 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 and I think that gray has a lot of room to improve in that sense. Uh, I see a lot of very interesting work, uh, going on around the world, but what I think we can, we can, we can do better is to strengthen the, the mindset of really finding, mining those ideas that are famously effective around the world, ideas that come from, um, very, meaningful business challenges that our clients have and have very clear business results attached to them um, and clearly use creativity, you know, to get to, you know, for the the process. Um, I want great to be known as, as the network and are as the people who really understand this, this, this industry as the business that it is and apply creativity to, to do wildly famous uh, things. You know, but I think that if we don't do this through the lenses of of business growth, then all we're doing is art. And I love art. I am I am obsessed with art, but it's not all we're doing here. I think we use art and we use creativity to get to business results. And I don't know if that's practiced everywhere around the world um, in a way that I that I think we we should as an industry and and the way I want to to push great to be and to do wonderful so so brand purpose what's what's your definition of brand purpose because it's a (laughs) it's a pretty broad term and everyone's been banding it around particularly in the last few years post-pandemic do you think it's a little bit of esg or do you think it's the purpose of a company or just part of marketing what's your feeling i love this question uh because i think this question is is at, at the at the center of some perceived loss of value in our industry with, with, with you know, our clients. Um, I think people confuse brand purpose with purpose, and these are two different things. Uh, brand purpose is the most important thing we have to hold on to, um, is the reason why a brand exists and what, what the brand, why the brand exists in the world and what's the purpose in the world, right? And that has nothing to do with, uh, with ESG, or that has necessarily nothing to do with, not necessarily has something to do with with ESG um, stuff. I think what happens with with our industry at large is that brands jump on issues that are going on, societal issues or environmental issues that are going on in the world um, with, I like to believe, with the best intentions um, to help help or to be part of the conversation. Um, But when they do that, and that's separated from the brand purpose when they stretch the, the meaning of their brand purpose just to be part of a hot conversation, things get very random. And and I think brands can get caught on on discussions that you know they 
they shouldn't be caught on because they shouldn't be on that discussion to begin with. Uh, conversely, when you I always go back to the brand purpose and and you understand what the boundaries of a brand purpose are and what you can stretch, what you can work off of, uh, and then you tie that to some issue, some societal issue or environmental issue that's going on in the world, then you have a healthy I think, relationship and you have a healthy conversation with whatever whatever is going on. And then that's when the brands, I think, really gain the rights to to be talking about you know subject matter x or y um but it can't be like free for all because otherwise it becomes it, it, it just it just doesn't make sense uh and and becomes it's a, it becomes tricky you know because you can get caught on some pr and social uh, uh conversations that that you had no no reason or no business to be to be to be on so yeah no it makes sense i mean if you're going to be a purpose-driven company it has to be throughout right i mean uh... Um, and otherwise, you get you you kind of setting yourself up for a lot of challenges. Tell us about a client that have uh, you know used an unusual approach to marketing. So we we are doing something in Japan um, with with Volvo that I think it's really interesting. Volvo is obviously universally known for you know for its safety, right? And that's been the, the you know the, the 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 platform of Volvo for since it's since it's its birth and gray has its fair share of, of famous work uh that you know that 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 contributed to that throughout the years but volvo just launched uh, a new a new uh suv it's a small suv called ex30 and it's the smallest suv that volvo has ever launched and to do so what they did in japan is that they they created the smallest showrooms ever so they're literally shoe boxes of showrooms with the car inside and you have to find those showrooms you know, you know without tokyo and some other big cities around japan and when you find those with your phone you can have a whole experience kind of the same experience that you will have uh with your uh, in, a, in, a, in a in a normal um dealership but with a much much lesser footprint um uh, obviously uh spending way less energy uh and in a way that feels pretty whimsical um, so, and I love that because the EX30 was created, you know, with all those things in mind and the way in which great Tokyo approached the, the, the challenge of launching this in Japan, it really speaks about, 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 you know, things that are important to Volvo and it speaks about safety, but coming from a completely different point of view. Right. And I think that's super, super interesting because it's, it goes back to what I was talking about, about brand purpose, where. Yeah, they're talking about things that feel familiar. The tone is familiar to, to, to the brand, but the, the way in which they're approaching this specific launch now is completely different uh, and, and unexpected. And I love that. And I think that when you have a brand purpose that is very clear to everyone, two things. One is you don't, you don't run the risk of, of, of saying things that you shouldn't, uh, which is kind of the most obvious thing. But on the other hand, that's where we can have really have fun because you go okay if we are if we are all about this this specific thing here and have a different launch that is bringing a little bit of a new flavor how are we going to adapt uh, uh, you know this or, or how are we going to leverage this opportunity within uh, the space that the brand should be should should, should have and I think this this small showrooms from from Great Tokyo or the smaller showroom from Great Tokyo is a great example of that. I love this idea. I think this will be is going to be huge, and it's a fun. Uh, but it's 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 really cool. 
a bunch of sales cars that, that's off. But you know, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. So, what brands are dominating the brand purpose space at the moment, or the purpose space? Because you smartly defined divided the two, which is I agree. By the way, <laughs> um, so what what brands are dominating the purpose space at the moment? I think Coke is doing a great, great job with Real Magic as a, as 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 their, as their tagline, but really speaks to what everyone has known Coke for for forever. Uh, but in a way that's very succinct, very interesting, and very inspiring, I think, for consumers and also for the agencies. When you think about Real Magic, uh, it's such a beautiful articulation of what Coke's purpose is. And it's fun to think about. It's fun to, to, you know, to have ideas off of. So I, I think it's great. Um, I also, at FCB, I worked uh, for many, many years on Michela Botra. Uh, and I was lucky to lead the brand for a few years. And then as a, as a, as co-CCO later, I had a whole team of people who was leading it and, and, and working on it. And I think that it's remarkable, the work that Michela Botra has done in the last few years, getting a, a light beer that was known as a diet beer, which is a odd, <laughs> kind of an odd uh, definition. Michael Boltra's brand purpose was its only word for the few enjoyed, which was exactly the same as the, the tagline and bringing new meanings onto the tagline uh, throughout the years. Uh, uh, I think it's, it's a good example of what I was referencing before, which is we knew exactly everyone that works on Michael Boltra knows exactly what the brand stands for. And as you get familiar, familiar, familiar to it, then you can get to types of work that kind of expand on that, on that meaning. So if you look at work like types of work like courtside, where uh, we wrapped the, the NBA bubble during pandemic so that the fans could watch the games of the of, you know uh, even though everyone was 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 physically separated, that is literally it's only worth it if you enjoy it, right? Because without the symbiotic relationship between fans and athletes, there is no sport essentially. With that expanded that idea of it's only worth it if you enjoy it with McEnroe versus McEnroe, where we had one of the crankiest athletes of all time reflecting on, on his journey that was so successful but reflecting on, on the, on, on the row of joy, right. Or the lack of joy that he always had while he was playing and understanding or coming to the conclusion that if he had had more fun, he had let joy uh, be something that was more present in his career, he would probably be, have been even more successful, which is very, it's only worth it if you enjoy it, but it's a different, flavor of it right and then with dreamcaster uh which was one of the last projects i worked on at fcb new york where we had uh cameron black a blind journalist sports journalist or visually impaired sports journalist uh call out a nba game live for 10 million people it's yet another articulation of it's only worth it if you enjoy it because now we're talking about inclusivity right it's only worth it if we all enjoy it uh which is which is great. So when you have the right articulation, you can build off of, and then you have years uh, of, of 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 a creative avenue to 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 refer to refer to and to work off of, which is amazing. That's all you want as a as a as a creative, as a creative leader, as a creative agency, is to know exactly what you need to talk about, and then have fun in in the way uh, in which you are talking about. It. Wonderful. Um, so tell us about the philosophy of boundless creativity as an economic multiplier. So this is something that uh, came from it's 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 at, at FCB uh, 
Susan Cueto is, is the one that, that, that coined that. It's something that I share, you know, having worked there for so long and, and something that honestly FCB says it and, and Gray with famously effective. It's another, it's a similar space, but it's another articulation of that. Um, and it's the belief that, you know, when you apply creativity onto problems, the problems get better solutions. Um, I think that goes for advertising, but that goes for all walks of life. Uh, what I think is going on with all the AI recent, you know, discoveries and, and prototypes and, and new companies that have been happening is, is very interesting because it's allowing everyone not only people that work with, not only creatives or people that work with creativity, but everyone to apply creative thinking in what they do, right? Because that's all ChatGPT is. That's all what mid, mid, uh, all mid-journey is. You know, really attra- uh, applying creative, creative thinking onto anything you do. And I think that's amazing because I think it's pretty obvious that uh, a more creative advertising agency is better than a less creative one. But I, I like to believe that a, a, a more creative doctor uh, is going to be a better doctor than a less creative one. That a lawyer that applies creative thinking and what they do will have better results than a, than a lawyer that it doesn't. So when you apply creative, creative thinking onto anything that we're doing, you get better economic results in the end of it. And that's what I think Susan uh, uh, coined uh, beautifully. And, and something that I, that, I, that I really share. That's a good point. What's the difference between creative thinking and lateral thinking? <laughs> That's good. This, this is even doesn't even need to be in the podcast. I love the semantics of it. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think every lateral thinking is creative. Yeah. Maybe not every creative thinking is lateral, because I think lateral is a way in which you approach a problem. You, you look at it a different way. You look, you look from a different perspective. Yeah, I think creative thinking could be other things like you know uh, getting a, a piece of refer- reference and then another one and, and and merging them together. That's a lateral thinking. That's creative, you know. So I think lateral thinking is, is is within creative thinking. I never thought about this question, but I guess I I, I agree with what I'm saying. <laughs> to be honest, I never thought about that question before. That's why I threw it out. I was like, oh, I wonder what the difference is. All right. So so what would your your advice be for young marketing professionals entering the workforce? I think we have. A wonderful, wonderful opportunity. If you think about, you know, a good day in marketing and advertising where you have a brand, this brand is able to speak to their audience in ways that, you know, you choose how to do it and you choose how effective this, this type of communication will be, how emotional it will be, uh, um, how funny it will be, uh, so forth and so on. And you have all these tools nowadays to do so. And more times than not, if you, if we're talking about a client, you know, a, a, a young client, um, you have partners in the agencies, uh, who are really dying to do the best possible work. Uh, and together you can do that. I think that's a pretty fucking good job. Um, and I think people shouldn't take that for granted. Um, but then on a more pointed advice, my advice is there's no such thing as two different sides of, of the coin. Everyone is on this together. The only way in which we get to amazing, amazing work is, is through true, true and meaningful partnership. 
Um, I never, I was never able to do anything in my career that I'm, that I'm proud of, uh, without, uh, really, really partnering with the clients and having no separation in a way that you don't really know who is the agency and who is client. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but when shit hits the fan, that's exactly what you need because that's when the partnerships are tested. And if you're not together and if you don't can't look in your eye, in the eyes of your client, and go, hey, I think I think I disagree with you, and I think you should do X instead of Y. Uh, and they can do the same with conversely, they can do the same with you in a way that's productive and and it's for the work than anything. Uh, that it becomes much harder to do amazing things. Um, so, partner, partner, partner. Be cu- curious about why your agency, uh, where is your agency coming from? Who are the people that is working with your agency? And the same thing goes goes for the agency people that are just starting. Be curious about your clients. Be curious about you know who they are, what their agenda is, what what keeps them uh, what what keeps them busy, what they're concerned with, what they love, what they admire, what they're jealous of. The more you understand each other, the better the work will be. And I think you have to foster this from the get go. Uh, it, it will be only good for the industry. Wonderful. So, so tell us about a recent gray campaign that you're excited about. Oh, there's there's so many. I wanna I wanna talk about a, a piece of work from Gray in Colombia for Macro. Macro is a is a big uh, retail in in Colombia in South America, but in Colombia it's huge. It's a supermarket essentially, and they. You know, they had this, this, this problem there where fruits, you know, you get ripe in the fruits and, and, you know, they were going rot, rotten without, without being, without being purchased. Cause people had this idea where, you know, if the banana, for example, is not looking, you know, at a, in a, in a exact way, people just don't buy it. And that's a, that's a fallacy. That's not true. You know, there's the fruits and vegetables they have much more of a shelf life that that we are educated on and that we usually know. So the agency came up with an incredibly simple idea that I love and I think it's so effective uh, um, and that also became famous, um, which is called uh, Life Extended uh, Stickers. So essentially, it's a, it's a little sticker that you put on the fruit with the different with a gradient of the color of the fruit and which uh, recipes you could do based on the color of the fruit. So if you get a, a you know a banana and the and the, and the banana is is too green, um, you can buy that banana and and through the through the sticker you see that with that shade of green you can do X recipe. When it gets yellowish, you can do Y recipe. As it gets dots and and it goes, and you feel like oh this this banana is probably going, uh, it's gonna be it's not gonna be good now. No, you still can do some some desserts and some stuff, and you have the recipe there. So just one word, but just just really showcasing what that what the uh, uh, what the recipe is, and talk about creativity, right? Uh, being applied to to solve a, a, a business problem. Uh, and 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 I, I, I love it. And there's no technology whatsoever <laughs> involved on in that, which is fresh as it feels fresh as well, right? It's just a sticker on the fruits, and it's great. Um, I love that it's work. Wonderful. So, so Gabriel, it's been great having you on the the podcast. You've been very educational. I now know a lot more than I did 45 minutes ago. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you. 
you so much for joining us for this episode of Seville Productions Purpose Podcast. Learn more about Seville Productions and our work in the purpose and sponsored entertainment space at www.sevilleproductions.com.